Welcome back to the Skits and Giggles podcast. I'm Pascal, and I'm joined by my co-host Bryson. How is it going tonight, buddy? It's going very well, Pascal. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. We are uh, also joined by our good buddy, Michal Rudolf. How is it going tonight, man? Very good. Very good. Um, really looking forward to catching up with you. I mean, there was this uh, a recent uh, photo that made the rounds on the on the socials of uh, your your Clunker project, and uh, that caught my eye. And I was like, "Dang, we need to have him on and talk about this project because this looks really really cool." We're kind of both very much into the uh, utilities, like utility vehicles, micro mobility, those kind of things. So this looked really really cool. Um, we're going to obviously put it up on our socials too, so people can have a look, but why don't you give us the highlight reel of your clunker project? What is it? What can people expect? So actually it's uh, a leaf cycles clunker and uh, leaf cycles last year called out a contest to, to buy a clunker bike for a cheap price. And, uh, the only thing we had to do is to modify, um, as, as we wanted to do. Um, we had the option to saw it in half, put in a two-stroke engine, do whatever we wanted to do. And I saw the chance to yeah, make a bike that could bring my tools into the forest or to the jumps um, to do some maintenance and build trials. So that's, that's actually what I did. <laughs> Quite simple. <laughs> Very nice. Bryson, maybe you could clarify for the not-bike dork, what is a clunker and what is the historical meaning of a clunker? Yeah, sure. Um, it goes way back, let's say. Uh, name comes to mind, Charlie Kelly. Um, what is it? Santa Cruz, California. Marin back County. Back in the day. Ma Marin. Yeah, that's right. Marin County. They're like uh, walking their bikes up a fire road, bombing down, coaster brakes on fire. They're calling the race the repack because they got to repack the coaster brake, the rear coaster brake with grease every time because it just burns up on the way down but you got some epic shots of them like power sliding around corners foot out started to put uh moto bars like actual motorcycle bars onto their onto their like air quotes mountain bikes but basically it's a rigid bike coaster brake was the original design but uh balloon tires balloon tires yeah that's right um yeah they were adapting motorcycle uh, brake levers and handlebars and uh, basically, at that time, mountain bikes were actually like kind of road bikes adapted or like kind of a road bike that has been already a little bit not, it's not really a racing road bike, but it's, I don't know, it's come a little bit ways from that. Um, and they were, yeah, I guess like on the lower end of reliable. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always this pucker factor of like, Either I send it and it will break or I send it and it won't break, but I'm going to have to like maybe bend something and back and yeah. But uh, the idea is that it's like a simple bike. It's going to get you around and it's going to be a ton of fun because it's really rigid and just direct and it's pure. So they're a blast. I, I converted my hardtail into one for a while and yeah, it really gives you like the direct feeling of what's going on. Okay. Leaves you numb sometimes as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. By many considered considered the inspiration for the mountain bikes that uh, we do ride today. Um, but what is your, what was your fascination with the clunker, Micha? So first of all, I'm absolutely into love. I in, in love with steel hardtails. 
I, I love the thin tubes, um, the simplicity of, of those bikes. And the clunker is something that's, like Bryson said, the, the, the first, first people riding those bikes, the heritage of my uh, heritage of mountain bikes. And that kind of fascinates me. And I always thought it would be super cool to have one. But due to, as you said, those bikes are super simple, having a coaster brake, one piece cranks, no proper brakes. Um, I always thought like, ah, is it a bike you really want to spend money on? Because it's not very versatile. You, you, you can ride around like a normal city bike. You can't really do trails like, like a normal mountain bike. So I never, never pulled the trigger to, to buy one of those bikes. And actually that contest that was, um, that was, called out by leaf cycles um actually made me pull the trigger <laughs> okay um but the leaf cycles i mean i've always had the had them when i hear leaf cycles i have in mind you know dirt jump bikes and yeah, you know that kind absolutely. of niche that they've been uh, playing in um so they also make clunker bikes so how did you know them yes yeah, so, so so um back from my early 20s i i, I knew leaf cycles as a brand that make pretty cool dirt jump bikes and um and a few years back they launched the clunker and i really thought ah that would be a cool chance but as i said not versatile enough to 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 have it as, as an everyday bike so um i i kept it just as an idea and um but it also was floating around my head and i have some work colleagues that have all 26 inch mountain bikes that changed it to clunker bikes i met some good friends back in switzerland they also bought some old scott frames or something and made clunker out of it with, with motorcycle bars and honestly sitting on an old bike with like a white motorcycle bar it feels so comfortable it feels so right it feels so good so uh, the idea of having a clunker by myself just just was like growing and growing growing more so yeah at one point uh, i had to do something and <laughs> yeah the contest was the perfect perfect moment to to say yes Nice. Okay. So you talked about the contest. So what is the, you know, what was the, the basic premise of the contest? So you said, you know, you can have the frame or the bike a bit cheaper, but, but you have to change it. Or what was the contest? So I don't know when it must be late summer last year where the contest was like called out and we had time until begin of June to modify a bike. And there was not, not a real, like, um, um, a minimum you had to do, but, uh, um, Frank, uh, Frank, which is the owner of Leaf Cycles just said, Hey, you get a bike for cheap. Just do anything weird, anything cool, anything you want to. And, um, if you see all, all, all the bikes who went into the contest, uh, there's some pretty cool ideas, even with the side wagon. Um, some put like a Gates carbon drive on it. Um, some very, even a guy modified it to an e-bike. So a lot of people had quite a cool ideas. And me as a trail builder, and I thought it would be so cool to have something to bring my tools to the forest because now I use my e-bike, put my shovel on my shoulder. Mostly I keep the shovel in the forest because it's so hard to put it in, in and out of the forest. And now having a bike that can transport it without any problems, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. So basically you, you took the frame that you got from Leaf Cycles and did, uh, did you change anything on the frame? Or did did you then just uh, go straight to the accessories? Quite a lot. So so the full bike that I purchased um, had a 
Corsa brake, uh, one-piece crank. And I'm kind of a heavy guy, and I know a one-piece crank wouldn't work quite a lot because I probably would bend it after like five minutes. Um, and also Coaster Break. I mean, it's heritage, but it feels kind of awkward because you're not used to it. Um, so um, I asked a good friend of mine, and he still had like a SRAM iMotion 9 hub at, uh, at home. So a brand new one uh, with a grip shift. Um, so I thought, hey, send it to me. I will try to fit it to the frame. Um, <clears throat> I tried to put it into the frame and just found out that the frame just had 110 millimeter wide dropouts. <laughs> so I had to, to, to bend the rear frame to fit the 135 mil hub. Um, I had a hub with a um, disc brake mount. So I had to um, build myself a disc brake mount. I was, uh, I think I sold it last time about 20 years ago in my apprenticeship. So oh, I had wow. to build a bottle of gas and oxygen and try myself out to, <laughs> <laughs> to do that. Um, first rides were kind of scary because I didn't know if it would hold up. But until now, I did more than 100K and the brake is working pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, I also oh, drilled a lot of like holes into the frame and the fork and put some um, rivets with um, um, threads inside so I can mount my accessory. Um, uh, there was actually nothing to put on like a brake cable and brake hoses. So um, I organized some adapters, which I had to solder to the frame. And it was finally a chance for me to, you know, if you, if you buy a bike, new bikes are cool, kind of cool, but there's always this place where the brake hose or the shifting cable is in an awkward position and it's rubbing and it's not cool. And I said, well, that's my chance to make it really like, I want to have it and make it good. Um, so that's actually what I did. Um, what else? Yeah, well, the grip shift, also a thing. Um, I wanted the clean look of a clunker bike. So I don't want it to have the uh, awkward grip shift on my bars. So I decided to put the grip shift around the seat post. <laughs> so the bike it looks like a single speed, feels like a single speed, but you still have the chance um, to climb up a mountain or go fast on the flat or downhill, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, I made some prototypes hangers for the tools, first out of plywood then i drawed it and made a 3d print and then i bended um a friend of mine um, his father worked at a company who can cut off cut out um, um steel with with a laser so i had oh, that wow. cut out of um, stainless steel um i've bended it um and there's so many stuff i did i put some proper cranks on it um I changed the tire size from 27.5 to 29. It's quite tight, but it works. Due to my work at Schwalbe, um, and my colleague Carl, which is um, product manager for mountain bike tires, we um, made some sample tires in olive green. Nice. I thought olive green would be a cool color for the whole bike because um, trail building is not very legal around here and also not in Switzerland. Um, so I thought, well, if you have a bike that's, you put it in the forest and nobody sees it, that would be kind of a good idea. So that's the reason, well, the whole bike is olive green. Also with the knobby nicks in or olive green sidewall, um, fits so good together. It looks, it looks awesome. Um, uh, I took a piece of, um, a copper tube for like, um, the heating system you have at home uh-huh. and <laughs> just made a, a head badge out of it, which looks like a shovel, and I and I soldered it to the frame, 
And after um, putting the olive green um, powder coating, I just scratched away the powder coating so that you just can see the copper logo. Oh, I mean, wow. there's so many details, um, which I didn't, I never thought I would do something so, so um, detailed in my life because normally I'm, I sprayed it, spray painted some frames, but everything looks kind of awkward, you know, if you do it by yourself. And that bag really looks like it was built from the scratch from it, from a, from a company. So I'm super proud of it. Oh yeah, no, you should be. I mean, it looks, it looks fantastic. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Yeah. Whoa, 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 wait a second, Pascal, what was that sound? <laughs> I started using that sound whenever we wanted to say something about our social or where you guys can find more information about the Skits and Giggles podcast. We are currently most active on our Instagram, where you can skit right into our DMs and follow along at Skits and Giggles. And you can find our website with all the relevant links and info under the URL skitsandgiggles.com. Also, if you guys like what we're doing and want to know what's up, just give us a follow on Spotify. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to great podcasts. Finally, sharing episodes you enjoy on your socials or a heartfelt five-star rating on your favorite platform goes a long way in helping us reach more cool people like you. Right on. With all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. So actually, the whole thing started also with a good friend of mine. He's he's a pretty good uh, Felix. He's a um, very creative guy, and he's very good at drawing. So I asked him, like, can you do a drawing of that bike um, with all the shovels on it? And I asked him to, to, I told him exactly how I wanted to have, and he made it perfect. And putting that image on my wallpaper, um, my computer at work just kept me going on the project. So even if I was like kind of tired of the project, I looked at my screen and I'm like, yeah, I want to have that bike. So I went back to the basement, started working on the bike. And yeah, it, it actually got ready just before end of the contest. <laughs> Do you like how it rides? Um, it's kind of stiff, very stiff. Uh, you need to get used to um, um, leaf so I was actually put a proper motorbar with a welded like um, crossbar brace at the top. Yeah, crossbar. It's a super stiff setup, so you need to get used to it if you used to ride full suspension bike. Uh, but it's super fun to ride because it's it it really feels like back in the time where um, having the best suspension, having the best brakes is not the thing that make you your ride fun and. Um, if you see the videos of the people <clears throat> racing down the fire roads with those old bikes that are falling apart, but you look at the faces and you understand one thing, even though bikes got cooler and better nowadays, it's not more fun to ride. It's actually, those people back in the days had the same amount of fun as we do right now because it's just good times with your buddies. Um, and this is what the bike makes me feel, actually. So awesome. the seat post is always up. So there's due to the setup with the uh, grip shift around the seat post, there's no chance to lower the seat post. So you always have to ride with a high seat post, um, which which needs you to adapt a bit more to the trail. Um, but well, like we used to back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah, it it's a simple bike, but it's a super fun bike to ride. Actually, um, the only thing that's kind of bit awkward is like the 29 inch setup you feel that geometry is not made for it. So if you go into very tight corners, it's very easy to like um, 
um, oversteer the bike and it, the front um, the fork just turns around 180 degrees and you flip over. <laughs> so you need to be a bit careful about that. But besides that, it's actually a pretty good ride. Even if you take off the tools, take off the, the brackets and just go to, as you say in Germany, I see a place where you can have a, an ice cream or something. And what, uh, now that you've ridden it a bunch, are you thinking of any upgrades or changes to the setup? Um, so a thing I thought about after I painted it was to change the chain to uh, Gates Carbon Drive. But that would mean I have to cut the rear triangle in one point and weld in like an adapter to open the frame. Mm. Which, yeah. If, if the bike is very scratched at one point in future, I will do that. But for now, I don't want to destroy the bike as it is, it is, as it is right now. So it's, it's actually going to stay like, like it is right now. And I feel like it's perfect because it's, it's simple. It's easy. It has a lot of gear ratio with the nine speed hub. I can go everywhere I want to. Um, yeah, it's going to stay like that. And how faithful is it as a uh, trail builder's tool? Mm. It is quite faithful. So the only thing you see, like um, if you've seen the pictures, the shovel um, is quite uh, next to your knees. So I used some very wide pedals so you can stand, stand very um, outside on the pedal. So it um, is not rubbing your knee. Um, you can ride trails with the tools, but it's, well, it, it's way more difficult than without tools. So, so yeah, I did that actually for some pictures to just to see if it really works. But, um, I mean, if you test the, if you build some trails and you test it, you can put the tools by side and, and just ride it. That's fine. They're actually working pretty well. Let's talk some more about the tools. I mean, uh, you always mentioned the shovel, but there's also some other stuff on it. So what's the, what's the full setup? I mean, I see an ax, which is obviously very important, <laughs> but yeah. uh, what else is on the so, bike? So, so, um, I have, a. A shovel on one side so so this tool setup on both sides is equal so i can take two different type of shovel if i want to and um on one side i have a in germany it's called spitzhacke i don't know the english word a pick a pick yeah it's a pick actually uh, a pick which is quite useful here because we have quite rocky terrain um i have the x on my fork on one side and i even have mounting points on the other side of the fork so um, until now, I'm also using my very faithful uh, Klappspaten. <laughs> no, no, no jokes. The thing that Fiskars builds for like around 60, 70 bucks. Um, I'm using mine for three years now. It, it is, uh, I'm not able to break it. People laugh when they see it for the first time, but they stop laughing when they see me working for it. Um, actually, that thing is um, a tool I put in my backpack. I'm still planning to make a bracket for the the bottle cage mount to put that tool in there. Um, I really wanted to make a special bag for the upper frame triangle, um, make my own bag, but I didn't make it in time. So actually, I have some some um, um, stuff here that I could 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 like um, sew sewing. Um, but I didn't make it yet. So that's maybe for, for, for the next, next winter, winter project. project. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you could put in like a small handsaw. Um, you can put it some, um, cliff bars or something because you get hungry when you build, um, some repellent. Mosquito repellent is very important at the moment. Mm. Yeah. 
I see you have the uh, you have the most important uh, uh, hydration technology uh, on the on the seed tube. Um, yes, is that the three D printed German Deutsche Industrie norm size beer bottle holder? <laughs> That's actually a beer bottle holder you can buy from Fitlock. Ah. Yeah, so so I see a lot of kids um, using those to put on like these um, Bluetooth speakers and ride on ride around bike parks, putting their sound. Oh man! And I just use it for a bee bottle, <laughs> as intended. As intended, yeah. As it should be, for sure. But you also can put in like a uh, just regular bottle of water if you old fashioned. How about a bucket mount? A bucket. That's a good idea. Sometimes you got to haul dirt around or you have like a ton of rocks you need to move. I guess you could just leave the bucket in the forest. Not a lot of people want to steal that. Yeah, I, I normally use these black, very flexible buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, like normally I just cloth? bring it. No, no, it's, 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 it fits, it's a bit like very soft plastic or a rubber or something. Because um, the thing is like if you use plastic in winter and it's very cold, um, it's very easy so the stuff breaks. Yeah, I'll just shatter. So these these soft soft rubber baskets are quite good. But then I never thought about like um, having. I didn't even. I don't even know how to put it because they're quite big in diameter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have like a small, a, a small, um, like front fender type of uh, platform in front of the head tube, and then just have it kind of bazookaed off the front. Yeah. The cool thing, uh, the the threads I put on the fork, um, actually are the right size for any um, kind of like um, these mounts you see on backpacking bikes. Uh-huh. So I can put on bags. I can can mount a rack if I want to. Yeah, exactly. So actually, I was, I was wondering why why you don't. Have, I'm missing the rack, right? You could put, uh, you know, you could kind of some kind of box or a bucket or more tools or, or whatever. More granola bars. Uh, so, and then you could put uh, some paneers on the front and, uh, you know, so then it's becoming a bike packer, a trail builder bike. So trail I think packing. I thought about um, to, to build a rack um, on the rear end to put my uh, chainsaw. <laughs> I've seen this, um, yeah. Very good. Yeah, I thought about it. But due to building trails, it's not very legal. I think, like, you, you know how people are nowadays. If they see, if they see a chainsaw, the shitstorm is going to start. So like, ah, oh, you shouldn't saw trees or something. Because most of you don't saw like a healthy tree. Mostly it's just a tree that fall on the trail or something. So uh, I thought about the idea and I ju- just rejected it because like, yeah, at, at one point somebody will will known about it and I thought, well, better, better be on the safe side. So have you had have anybody come up to you and question, what do you have all these tools in your bike for? Or are they still enamored by like, wow, it's so custom. So, so um, actually, the bike is right now at, at my office. We have an open office at Schwalbe. Um It's just there for display. And um, sometimes people come around like, what's the bike for? And they see the axe and they see the pig. And they think, like, is this for a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> and and like, I didn't think about it. But now that you mention it, well, we, I could use that bike too. <laughs> you are ready. He's got it's just a couple of, missing. Yeah, and in a flare gun, I think. What else? Uh, a, a vaccine kit. Yeah, yeah, that would be. I mean, um, if if I have my bag, I actually can put a medipack or something inside of the frame. Um, 
Due to um, the, the contest just finished like the end of last month and the bike is still at my office, I didn't use it yet um, a lot in the forest with the tools. So I didn't have anyone seen the bike with tools running around, just my neighbors here. <laughs> uh, but as soon, um, I think next, next week or next month, I'm going to pick up the bike and go into the forest. And at one point, people will see the bike and will start asking questions. Um, but actually, due to the mounts looking so professional, I don't know what... I mean, if you go to the forest and people catch you up, you need to be confident. You know, it's just like... Somebody sees you building a trail, like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, bah, 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 bah. you need to be very confident and, and you, you need to look like you belong at this, to this place. You belong to, um, you, you're the guy who, who, who was ordered to build the trail. And then, then most people will, will complain about it, <laughs> not complain about it. So, uh, yeah. That's a good tip. But actually, yeah, which is quite cool in my region here, um, where I live. Um, we do have a, a guy, he's in service for the forest here, and he's a very special kind of guy. He even has a trail named after his name because he he called us and um, asked us to help us like also maintain hiking trails. So we also use our tools to maintain and build hiking trails. On the other side, we are allowed to build our own trails. So it's also kind of a bit of official. Maybe I should use that. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty sweet deal, though, right? So. Absolutely. I mean, our trails are not, not official, and but as long as we have this state here as it is right now, it's it's Wonderland. So we hope we can keep it as long as as possible. Okay. Yeah. So maybe then don't put a chainsaw on your trail builder bike. <laughs> yes. Unless you you incognito use it as a e bike motor, and then you like unmount it, and it's a chainsaw. That's an idea. And they're like, oh, it's I, just I, an e-bike with a two-stroke uh, <laughs> a steel. I, instead of like a normal normal chain, I can use a chainsaw chain on my bike. Yeah, just need to mount yeah, it. Yeah, you the just right need way to around. see if you like if if you hit your 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 shin, uh, that could could yeah. make uh, ugly scratches on your shin. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you just need to mount it inside out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's it's safer. Actually, in in my backpack, I have a I don't know if you you know this um, chainsaw for hands, so yeah. hand chainsaw. I have one of those, and actually that works pretty well. I mean, you wouldn't fall a tree that's three hundred years old with one of those, but like everything up to twenty thirty centimeters works quite well. You mentioned uh, you work for for Schwalbe already, um, so now you have the the, the green the green sidewall knobby necks. Uh, are you going to work on some trail building specific tires soon or what's going on? It would be wonderful to have a, a trail building specific tire. Um, I mean, now I'm being in the bike industry, working at Schwalbe and um, having some insights of uh, the new tires that are coming the next year, which is super exciting, um, uh, which I can't talk too much about, but there's definitely something coming that could be interesting for for people that are trail builders for their bikes, definitely something coming. Just, uh-huh. you just need to be patient. Builder. I'm sure it's going to be some kind of alliteration. <laughs> yeah, you know, Schwalbe likes to, to make some very special names. Um, some people complain about it. Some people love it. But it, at the end of the day, everybody knows what a Magic Mary is. Everybody knows what a Big Betty is. So it exactly. kind of works out. But let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your work. I mean, uh, we mentioned before you're not working in the mountain bike segment, but uh, what are you looking after at Schwalbe these days? So actually, um, I'm product manager um, for touring tires. 
um, that includes everything that rides on normal roads that brings you to your office to the railroad station um, but we also do all the suv tires for the new modern suv e-bikes uh, we also do cargo bikes um, with some pretty cool stuff now in development um, and due to Schwalbe being a company that feels like a family i'm very much in touch with my colleagues that are in the race department in the gravel department and especially also in the mountain bike department so i have a lot of chances to write some prototypes um my co colleague asked me a lot about my my feelings about the tire my thinking about it testing um man i need to say it's after lots of years not working in the bike industry as a very passionate mountain biker that feels a bit like a dream coming true need to say i do do like my work as well a lot i'd like to hear that but can you uh, can you illustrate it with some some cool uh, experiences what were some of the highlights so far well um studying at schwalbe and not being a week there and having like you, you, you have seen the new ticket chain uh, launching uh, at eurobike so uh, your colleague coming to you and that's a new dyno tire you want to test it and you're like what really now so um, you get a lot of insights and um, um, you, you start to understand how a tire works and how important it is for the right quality, for the puncture protection, and also what generate grips at the end of the day. Um, and seeing all those techniques raising in the race department or downhill department and you as a product manager in touring, you can take those technologies as you need it and put it to your new tires. Um, for example, last year we, we launched a tire that's um, called the Marathon Efficiency, which is actually the fastest rolling touring tire ever made. And actually what we did, we took uh, a racing tire, road racing tire, and just pumped it up to, to a bigger size, uh, used a very fast rolling um, carcass and also compound. Um, and that's actually kind of cool thing to, to have your colleagues develop very cool technologies that makes a tire better and use it for i'd say a tire that you use for your everyday riding yeah, exactly right so i mean especially you know think think back to your uh to your build a bike right so it's uh you know that that carries over right if you use mountain bike tires or cargo yeah. tires or commuter tires yeah. right so yeah. it's i mean the 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 segments become more and more closer and closer, um, yeah, inter in intertwined, and uh, some of the technologies are are moving between the segments. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's uh, that's really really. And interesting. what's cool cool about my workplace? People are very passionate about like making making products like our ties better and better. So you can really feel the drive that the people are trying to, um, yeah, um, to to make it work out. So. Um, the whole development process is, process is kind of interesting. Um, um, our partner company, so our tires, as a lot of people know, are produced in Indonesia and Vietnam. And um, those colleagues we have there, um, which are actually a, is a Korean company, um, we work very close together. Um, I actually met them at Eurobike for the first time. And it's super interesting how um, they work on the, how the tires built and the whole manufacturing um, I think a lot of people don't think about it because it's it's just a tire, right? It's just a black thing. One of a lot of parts on your on your high tech mountain bike. Um, but now I'm starting to understand how important the tire can be, how important um, the right 
um, tire pressure can be, um, how important the, um, the right tire for your riding style can be and how it can change the behavior of a bike. You can make a, um, a cross country bike feel like an enduro bike if you have proper downhill tires on it. You can, you can make a, uh, enduro bike feel very light and nimble if you put some lighter tires on it. And, um, seeing that and having the chance to experiment a lot around with tires, um, that's great fun, actually. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. And a hundred percent agree with, uh, you know, changing tires to change the character of the bike, right? So that's, that's really cool. I love to experiment around with, uh, with tires. So a bit of a tire nerd myself. <laughs> I mean, um, we, we know that a lot of very good competitors out there. Uh, which is kind of good because like if a competitor makes a new tire, that's quite of a benchmark that gives us the drive to say, okay, you made a benchmark. Let us, let us now see what we can do. And so you see the tires, also the competitors making better and better tires, which is also pumping us to, to get better and better. Yeah, that's how competition works, right? So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I also share the, the opinion that tires make a huge difference and i can see why a lot of people look past them they're like the first thing to get dirty you know so, and and they're touching the ground so maybe like you have people who are quite a, averse and they're like oh uh, you know I, tires are tire and how are they any more technologically advanced than a car tire because you know you have formula one cars and you have trucks and tires must be so advanced on cars but they're actually very advanced for all types of vehicles when you think about it because you have the same people making it you know pirelli and michelin and you, you have tires being made across the whole uh, transport spectrum so i mean um those big car brand like car tire brands and they have a big advantage so for them it's very easy to get to new materials because they buy big batches for the buy uh, for car tires truck tires and motorcycle tires and for them it's very easy to take these materials and put them to their bike tires which for us is a bit harder to, to purchase the materials for a good price. But on the other hand, we just do bicycle tires. So we are 100% um, bicycle orientated and there's no big company that's just like um, thinking about just making money and bicycle tires, just, just a piece of the cake for us. Bicycle tires are everything we want to do and we're compassionate about it. And um, yeah. That's maybe a different drive than if you compare it to, to some other big brands. And um, if you see the the evolution of especially compounds, what happened in the last five years, it's insane. So if you buy a Magic Mary now, comparing it with a Magic Mary like five, six years ago, it's, it's I mean, if, if, you'd, if you had tested it five years ago and you weren't happy back then, try it again now because it, it really makes a difference. Yeah, I think that might be a lot of uh, what's on people's minds because also... For example, I, I, I rode a couple set of high rollers and I was just like, no, 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 yeah. that's not for me. And it didn't swear, it didn't shy me away from Maxis because uh, it turns out the DHF became my favorite all, all, all time tire, front and back. And then from there, I decided, okay, you know what? Oh, okay. I will try other Maxis. So I tried the DHR and then I tried the Asagai and so forth. And uh, actually, yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of good um, experiences with different types and it, it, it now i'm willing to try the high roller i mean i don't like th think they make them anymore i'm not sure but i'm definitely open to trying more maxis and i'm not shied away from anymore because i've noticed as you said it's gotten better yeah, but but even each tire manufacturer if you buy for example a minion or an elastic guy it's like 
three, four different kinds of compounds, three, four different kinds of carcasses, a lighter one, a heavy, more, more heavier one, and everything changes how your ride behaves. So on one side, I'm quite a heavy guy, so it makes sense to ride a um, very um, strong carcass, also due to puncture protection, but you can also ride with less pressure and have more comfort due to it. So um, it doesn't matter which tire brand you ride, um, you need to find the right setup for you. And it's kind of hard because tires are expensive nowadays, especially if you buy a full set. Um, I know that not a lot of people want to change tires every three months or something. And I was like that back then. So my front tire was like lasting a year. doesn't matter how it looked, but <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but now having the chance to test different tires, um, you really see the difference and um, how the behavior is. And there's not the best tire for anyone. So some tires are good for one kind of riding and some tires are good for the other kind of riding. So the new Techie Chan um, well, we launched right now, Man, that's an awesome tire. It's but it's not for everyone. If you maybe not a confident rider, maybe stay with the Magic Mary or something. And that's also the same fact for Maxis, for Continental, or whatever tires they are. How would you say your um, your 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 feeling or your opinion on tires changed once you started with Schwalbe? Like, for example, as a mountain biker, you know that compounds and tread patterns make a difference for your mountain bike but in terms of like if someone were to ask you hey give me your opinion you know how important are tires like let's say two years ago compared to now that you've been with Schwalbe where where is it on your ranking like before you would have said oh no you know do suspension first and like get a nice bar for sure you gotta have good grips and now where would you put that instead I'd say even even my time before time before Schwalbe, I uh, had quite my own thinking about tires, and I was even I knew what tire I wanted to ride. I knew which compound, I knew which carcass I wanted to ride, um, but I didn't really understand what um, how it feels like if you ride something else. Due to a tire being very expensive, I never had the thought about buying maybe a lighter or heavier tire for for my bike. I just wanted my SA guy in the front and my I know um, the sector in the back or aggressor or something because I like to ride a lighter tire on the back. Um, but I always went with the same setup. So I didn't experiment that much as I do now, of course. And experimenting more opens your mind and um, understanding how a tire is built and what's actually inside of a tire. It's A carcass is not just a simple layer of cloth inside of the tire. You, you can change the behavior of a tire so much in changing your carcass um, in changing your compound and changing your tread pattern. Um, it's very interesting. And due to you having so much options, you see tiring evolving, not just with us at Chualbi, but also with like, I mean, Continental launched a new set of uh, tires, which is pretty good. We, you know, we need to say that. Um, Maxis, the Asa guy, which launched some years ago, it's all kind favorite, uh, like all time favorite for a lot of bikers nowadays. So um, I think there will be a lot of Good at good uh, technologies coming in the new future, which will which will be very interesting. Not just us, but probably also the other manufacturers. Okay, well, I guess with that, we leave the secrets and the speculation <laughs> about the future of bicycle <laughs> tires. And maybe we should do a 
um, bicycle retire deep dive at some stage, but we'll leave that for another time because right now we have a very important question to answer. Mm-hmm. And is it that working for Schwalbe, a tire manufacturer, has changed your view on the perfect skid? Oh, well, uh, now which tire I need to ride on my back wheel now, which helps me to skid better. Yeah, I changed a bit my opinion. Actually, I I, I changed my um, my taste of rear tire a bit. So um, skidding is working now better than ever. <laughs> What's the secret? Oh, the rear tire needs to be a loose tire. Business in the front, business in the front, party in the back. A bit like that. It almost sounds like there's going to be a new uh, compound on the market soon. Samuel Skid. <laughs> Damn, Samuel Skid sounds good. Yeah, I do like that. I I, I, I would suggest that to the product manager. Hey, he's uh, Smart Sam's uh, younger brother. Yeah, it's a Sam family. Ah, yeah? I see. <laughs> They're in the Sam family. Oh, <laughs> oh man. that's a good one. Dang. Oh. And I guess that's I guess everywhere. with the dad jokes, it's uh, time to end it for tonight. Um, Micha, where where can people find you if they wanna whether they wanna know more about your uh, clunker project or your projects at Schwalbe? Probably my most social I use is Instagram. Uh, it's Micha underscore seven F, and yeah, that's probably um, the channel I use the most. I think Facebook is kind of like not very active anymore, and TikTok is for the younger guys, so I stick with that. Let's just own it. All right. Yeah. Cool. We stick that in the show notes. Uh, we stick all the photos, all the infos about the clunker in there as well. You can find it on the homepage or anywhere else you listen to our podcast. With that, we say thank you again. This was awesome as always. And uh, pleasure, I look pleasure, forward pleasure. to seeing you soon. Yeah, hopefully. On the bike, of course. Thanks for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Pascal and I put a lot of heart and soul into this podcast. And it means a lot to us that you've listened to it. We'd also really appreciate if you shared it with the people that you know and care about. Until next time, Skigglers.